This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm Michael Sears, and I'm joined by Dr. Jovana Davidovich, Associate Professor at the University of Iowa and a Senior Research Fellow here at the Stockdale Center. You are the subject matter expert on our interactive series, Artificial Intelligence. Welcome. Pleasure to be here again, Michael. So this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of scenario that we have relative to the other things we have at Stockdale Interactive. It's a bit of a primer on artificial intelligence and how it can be understood by students in naval conflict settings. We go through several situations where a young naval officer is challenged by a fact set, okay, and she's given her understanding of the current situation, and she bounces that against her sense of ethics and law. On top of that, she needs to try to assess what the AI is doing in a sense. And I know that's not exactly what's going on here to say what the AI is doing, because it's not alive. Uh, and, and how the biases that might be built into those decisions or those opinions or those opportunities that AI is being presented. It's kind of pretty cool. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, I mean, so the scenario is, I find the scenario to really fascinating because it does a number of things. I think one of the things it does is exposes young future junior naval officers to interesting questions in AI ethics. And they're going to be dealing with AI every day of their lives in their capacities as junior naval officers and more and more in the coming years. Uh, but it also does another thing. It also challenges the question or it or brings forth the question, how do I make a decision uh, in uncertainty? How do I make a morally justified decision when I don't have all the information? Which is basically always what this scenario does differently than maybe some other scenarios is it brings the question of AI as the source of that uncertainty to the forefront. So this is not necessarily specifically about speeds and feeds and digital technology and all this kind of stuff. It happens to be around AI. It really is focused on morally justified decision-making in uncertainty. Absolutely. So what do I do when I have a limited amount of information? I mean, think about the following case. If a census officer comes to your door and asks you, hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing the census, uh, is your neighbor home? And you peek out the door and you see that your neighbor's car is not there. You're probably morally justified in saying, no, I don't think my neighbor is there. Now imagine your neighbor's house is on fire. And a fireman comes to your door and says, hey, do you think your neighbor is at home? You know, we want to figure out whether we should run into the building that's on fire. And you just speak out and see the car is not there. You're probably not morally justified to say, no, I'm pretty certain they're not there. The idea here is that the amount of certainty we need to have and how we get that certainty varies with, you know, morally significant consequences. And a lot of the, the scenario that, that this scenario builds, a lot of the questions that this scenario brings forth are about life or death decisions. So they're morally significant. So what we're really trying to do with this is put midshipmen in a situation where they can ask themselves, how do I make the best, morally best decision given the information I have? And again, midshipmen deal with this all the time. They have to make, and they will have to make as junior naval officers, they're going to have to make difficult decisions in conditions of uncertainty. But what this is unique, what this scenario is unique in the ways in which the scenario is unique 
is that it brings forth issues of AI. So issues about bias, issues about how AI makes decisions, issues about how humans or decision makers ought to engage or should engage with AI, and ultimately issues about when should I trust AI? That is new. What most people know, and you know, most people I'm sure as well as the midshipmen know is how do I, when do I trust the person next to me? What sorts of things do I need to know about them to trust them? Or what sorts of things do I need to know to trust that this weapon is going to work the way I expect it to work? But what is less familiar to a lot of people today is when, when should I trust an output of a system that's built on artificial intelligence? And when should I question it? When is my human judgment necessary? I like that. So, so let's jump into this just a little bit. Um, we, we've got uh, this Lieutenant JG, Lieutenant JG Yancey Smith. She is the Surface Combat Information Center watch officer. We're not going to get too deep into the scenario because I want you to be able to play this thing to understand it. But in the first instance, you know, there's a question of where she and her ship are sailing in the South China Sea. She's challenged by a Chinese Coast Guard. Let's go ahead and play this just for a second, uh, just to set the context. This is you, Lieutenant Junior Grade Yancey Smith, aboard the USS Christopher Matthews, an Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyer, or DDG. You've been operating in the South China Sea for three months, conducting freedom of navigation demonstrations. You're currently in transit near Zamora Reef that features an artificial installation built and occupied by the People's Republic of China, the PRC. The reef is in the Spratly Islands of the South China Sea, located southwest of Philippines-occupied Thetu Island, a rock that contains Philippines-constructed elements. The reef is also claimed by Taiwan, the ROC, and Vietnam. Your area of operations is close to major shipping lanes. Tonight, you're the watch officer in the Combat Information Center, with responsibility to the Tactical Action Officer, Lieutenant Commander Randall, and the Commanding Officer, Captain Nguyen, who is on the bridge. At the moment, Higher Headquarters is tracking multiple high-speed surface contacts, but a higher priority for you is the flotilla of Chinese vessels you've been tracking, which is apparently under the direction of a Chinese Coast Guard, CCG, Cutter. Then... You have entered our home waters. You must leave. You assume that this is the CCG cutter you've been tracking. We need to verify our current position. Are we in international waters? Roger that. We are in international waters. So, Doctor, what do you think about the fact that she sees or may see a disparity between what the system is saying and what other inputs she has to deal with and whether or not she should kind of jump into... Uh, the decision-making or, or the recommendation stream. It's about GPS hacking, maybe. What's that mean relative to what we're talking about? So this is a wonderful example of what I, I had mentioned earlier about how the certainty one needs to have to be morally justified in proceeding based on some facts with respect to those facts largely depends on the consequences, right? And so in this case, what are the consequences? Well, uh, the, the Chinese Coast Guard is basically saying, look, you're not in international waters. It might be that they're just being provocative, or it might be that they're right, right? The, in addition to the Coast Guard's suggesting that you're not international water, you're not in waters, you're not in innocent passage, the, you also have some evidence from the scope that is conflicting with the GPS navigation data. 
And so the question here is, okay, how important is it that I provide this information, the fact that there's conflicting data to my commanding officer? Here, the consequences are pretty large. So even if the chances that uh, the scope data is right are very low, even if the chances that the Chinese Coast Guard is right are very low, it's still worthwhile. It's still really important that we provide that information to our commanding officer because the consequences are so significant. If we truly aren't in international waters, think about it, especially in today's world, that could create very, very significant conflict um, given the, the current conditions in the world. Well said. And while this is a uh, fictitious scenario, um, it could and probably has happened in different ramifications uh, uh, in the past and probably going forward. Let me just talk about one other. I mean, there are several different scenarios built into this episode. And that's about um, you know what I'll call a recognition bias. You might have a better term for it when, in fact, the machine, and I'm kind of doing air quotes here, the machine sees something that it decides is a valid target, a guy walking around with something on his shoulder. What's that about relative to what we're talking about? That's really the question of when should you trust AI? So remember how I said earlier that most of us have a good understanding on when we should trust a person. So when, when should I trust the person with respect to their knowledge to, let's say, epidemiology? Well, probably if they're a biologist or they're a doctor or if they're, they're an epidemiologist. I know basic, I know when I should trust, most of us know when we should trust evidence from a particular person and what type of evidence. Similarly, we know when to trust technology we have engaged with a lot. Uh, but AI is new to many of us, and it's going to be new to uh, you know, many of these midshipmen going out into the world. And so that scenario is really about telling and teaching the, the question or answer to the question, when should I trust AI? When should you trust AI? Well, you should trust AI when you know how it's been made when you know what training data was used to build that algorithm. And probably most importantly as a user, if you know when it usually fails, which context does it usually fail in? AI is not gonna work wonderfully in every single context. In this particular scenario, we're talking about facial recognition and we're talking about object recognition. So software that's able to take in an image and in case of facial recognition, identify the individual or in case of object recognition, identify an object. And so I have to know how well this algorithm works in different lighting conditions, how well it works in different geography, right? How well it works from different distances. And if I don't know that, then, you know, a, an alarm going off saying this is, you know, a, a Sam as opposed to a rolled up carpet, or this is the individual on our watch list as opposed to an innocent carpet seller from a local market. I don't know when I should trust that alarm going off. And so... What we really need to, you know, this is why I keep on saying this is both about knowing about AI and challenges that AI brings to ethical decision making, but it's also just straight up about how do I make decisions, morally justify decisions in conditions of uncertainty. If I do not know how the algorithm works, if I do not know how, when it commonly fails, then I don't know how uncertain I am. That's the problem. I don't know whether to trust it or not. I don't know how often it's right or not. So we have to sort of be familiar with the technology and when that technology fails to be morally justified in saying, I trust it now and I don't trust it in this other circumstance. 
I like where you're going here. It's a new era, right? I mean, you're not sitting next to the AI in the wardroom having a cup of coffee, getting to understand that person or that machine over a long period of time. You don't really know where it grew up, what schooling it's been to. You know, you've not had the bull sessions in college or other types of schools. So you don't really know where it's coming from, in a sense. Absolutely. I mean, and the same is, you know, with older technology, you also... Most of us have, with older technology, a good sense of whether to trust it or not. Things like GPS, and I think we've talked about this before. Um, you know, I know when my, even though I know nothing about GPS, I know when my GPS fails. But most of us don't have such a good understanding of when is an object recognition uh, algorithm going to fail? When is it potentially that there's an adversarial image that's that's uh, that's being you know that I'm getting or whether or not, uh, you know, facial recognition software has a racial bias. We know facial recognition software has racial biases, some more, some less, some in certain lighting conditions, other in other lighting conditions. If I don't know which facial recognition software my system is using, how could I possibly be justified in using the information from it to, let's say, engage a potential target? So let's kind of back up a little bit and, and, and talk about lessons learned from not only your design, but your utilization of the scenario. What lessons have you learned and you can kind of give to us on the scenario? So, I mean, there's a, there's a range of lessons. Uh, all of them have to do with uh, how to help uh, our midshipmen and how to help future naval officers make the best, morally best decisions when they're in conditions of uncertainty. So one of the lessons is really about the amount of confidence you need to have with respect to the information you have, given the relativity of that to the consequences. So simply put, the worse the consequence, the more confident you need to be, right? You better be sure if the question, if it's a question of life or death, if it, there's a lot of collateral damage, right? So one of the lessons is about the relativity of confidence to consequences. The other lesson is about the relevance of human judgment, human machine teaming, the interaction between humans and machines, interactions between humans and AI can either be this huge game changer that helps us fight better uh, and, and, and increase our operational effectiveness, reduce collateral damage, or it can be a liability. AI itself is not going to help us. What's really going to help us is humans and machines working well together, humans knowing how to use AI. And so the other sort of really important lesson to take away from this is knowing when to trust human judgment, knowing when my judgment as an officer is needed and when I should rely on technology, right? And that's related to the third, I think, important lesson, which is much more general than just AI ethics, which is when should I trust technology? This is not just when should I trust AI, it's really when should I trust technology? And everybody should know that they should trust technology only if, obviously, they've been tra trained and certified for it, but also if they have enough experience within the context within which that technology is being used for them to know how likely is it that the system will fail and which ways will it fail. Only then can you trust it. And only then should you rely on it to a great extent. So I think those are the three main lessons, right? One is about relativity of consequences to um, confidence. The second one is about 
when to rely on human judgment. And the third one is about trust and when should we trust machines and AI in particular. But the larger sort of overarching lessons really are about making morally justified decisions in conditions of uncertainty. And in that way, also assuring that we minimize moral injury for our uh, naval officers. Thanks for the conversation and thanks for working with me on this scenario. And, and now it's time for me to put in a shameless plug for Stockdale Interactive. If you want to play this or other scenarios within this series, go to Stockdale Center, one word, stockdalecenter.com slash interactive and run through your decision maker to see what happens and see what the outcome is. Professor Davidovich, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me here again. And I, uh, I hope that people use this scenario. I used it in my class at the academy and uh, my students really, really enjoyed it. And I think we learned quite a bit from it. So it was a really useful exercise. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts. 